Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now, you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. Okay, so we've got a lot of things to uh, get to this hour of the show, including a little more of uh, Trump and CPAC, uh, response from other politicians with regard to Trump and CPAC. Uh, Chris Rock, he uh, he hit the stage and uh, has become kind of, uh, you know, at least libertarian and possibly at least the first 12 minutes of his show about, uh, well, pretty conservative. Uh, Bill Maher also uh, talking about wokeism and uh, trigger warnings and all of that and saying they're bad. So these reliably leftist center people are beginning to realize that uh, the country is going in the wrong direction uh, with regard to particularly freedom of expression. And it's finally starting to hit home for those who want to entertain and actually have an opinion on something. So uh, all of that. And then Russell Brandt, who, I mean, used to be this insufferable leftist. He would go on the MTV Music Awards and, and do a spew, you know, anti-Bush rhetoric. I remember that back when uh, George W. Bush was president. Very, very left of center. And he's now, like, become this voice of reason. And and I got to tell you, I enjoy the man's digital video podcast. I, I enjoy... A lot of the things he has to say because, you know, he's got some common sense about him. He's got some, uh, he's got a few years on him now, so he's no longer in his 20s. And uh, nothing against you guys in your 20s, but, you know, sometimes it takes a little life to kind of see, you know, what's right, what's wrong, where we're going to go and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, it was, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting phenomena. And I'm really, really, really thrilled to see it. Because this is really, really important. The ability to be able to express yourself and have an opinion is really, really important. And there are forces marshalling against that, including the DHS, by the way, who wanted to do a digital a board. Uh, last year, they came up with this disinformation bureau, and uh, they thought they'd just sneak it in. That's Stalinistic, kids. And, and that's not just a, a story you can just brush aside. It was an attempt. They put it on pause. They want to resume. It has to be stopped. There you go. A couple more uh, uh, lines. I thought that uh, Donald Trump, he, he did a, a laundry list of things that he's going to do as the president. And since he did the same thing when he became the president last time, he had a laundry list of things that he was going to do as president, and he did them, I could say that if he votes or he is the president of the United States, he will do what he's saying. And he covered everything. He covered uh, a relationship with China, ending trade with China, uh, ending the war in Ukraine before it can become World War III, fixing Social Security, and he can do it. Uh, uh, fixing the southern border, ending the fentanyl, I, and on and on and on. All of the things, and this wasn't partisan. These things aren't partisan. Ending sex and sexuality of children in schools that isn't partisan. That's left versus right. And most of our America, most of America is not down with the left. That's why I think that he could be a, a more unifying figure than, than we've seen in a very long time. And I have proof of that. 
more people voting, more black people in the last election voted for Donald Trump, more Hispanics vote for Donald Trump, more Hispanics are, are leaning to the right because of all the abuses and usurpations, and, uh, uh, and, and then, of course, the walk-away movement. Half a million people walking away from the Democrat Party, sharing their stories on Facebook, most of them people of color. Facebook so threatened by it, they got rid of the movement. They took it down. They made it disappear. Brandon Straka's movement, gone. But it ain't going to work forever because the twister board is on fire. You know, I, I use the analogy before the midterms. The, the Democrat Party is standing above a twister board, and every once in a while, one of the, uh, one of the, the, the colored uh, circles there uh, lights up and fire, and they got to try to put it out. Oh, there's the uh, uh, COVID came from the Wuhan lab. There's the evidence. Okay, you got to put your right hand on that and put it out. Over here on the left, oh, they, people are saying they're recognizing the border is open. You put your left foot green over there. And all of these things, and now the, now the twister board's on fire. And Donald Trump listed all of the ways, all of the circles on that twister board that the Democrat Party's got to kind of try to shut down. And it's not going to work because the truth is out and the American people are united by and large by the concept that the country is going in the wrong direction. And that points to one man and one party, Joe Biden and the Democrat Party. And rhinos in the Republican Party, uh, who, and by the way, Mitch McConnell, the reason why he's still a, a Republican in standing and a minority leader is because he holds sway and he did a lot of threatening. And uh, certainly, I'm sure, probably threatened to withhold a lot of uh, campaign funds, but he managed to maintain his position. But the American people are done with him, and then Donald Trump pointed that out. We are never going to be a country ruled by entrenched political dynasties in both parties, rotten special interests, China-loving politicians, of which there are many. You listening to this, Mitch McConnell? Are you listening? <laughs> oh, he's listening. He's listening. Here's uh, uh, Donald Trump talking about where we are uh, on the brink of World War III and what he would do, which, by the way, is exactly what Ronald Reagan did. Uh, it is peace through strength. I was also the only president where Russia didn't take over a country during my term. Weird. Russia took over not because I got along with Vladimir Putin very well. I said, Vladimir, don't do it. You know, you and I are friends. Don't take over any countries because, you know, Moscow will be hit very hard. Well, I told him things. He probably didn't believe it, but you know what? He believed it 10 percent. And President Xi believed it when I talked about Beijing. He probably said, I don't believe him, but there's a 10% chance we're not going to do anything. Yes. It's true. It's true. You have no idea. These conversations, I wish they could have been recorded, actually. People would think a lot of me. But with Bush, they invaded Georgia, right? Oh, yeah. With Obama, they took Crimea. Yeah. With Biden, they're trying to take everything. <laughs> and he won't even know they took it. There you go. There you go. And and with any uh, Trump speech, uh, and I'll just say, I, I thought it was an outstanding speech. Uh, I really did. I thought it was one of the best stump speeches I've seen. It was a combination of it. And listen, I'm I'm a tough nut to crack. Okay, I, I don't usually like watching uh, uh, stand up. I you know because sometimes you get a little bored with it. Uh, stump speeches, uh, you know, they come and go. I, uh, it's destination viewing for me. Because not only it's the message that I, I agree with as far as the future of the country, but also he's just funny as hell. And here he is talking about the obviously corrupt uh, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. By the way, where's Hunter? Where is Hunter? Remember? Where's Hunter? Will there ever be a time when Joe Biden says, 
This thing with Hunter just isn't working out well. I'm starting to get a little angry at Hunter. Or when Hunter comes to him and says, Dad, Dad, we have a problem. What? <laughs> what is it, son? Another one? Oh, son, you're a disaster, son. <laughs> son, you're a disaster. Ugh. Dad, we have a problem. I left my laptop at the repair shop. Uh-oh. And Joe looks at him and says, what's on it, son? What's on it? <laughs> and Hunter looks back and he says, every single crime that you've ever committed, Dad. <laughs> There you go. That is spectacular. Um, a lot of us are concerned about, obviously, the southern border, 5 million people coming across the border. You're thinking sealing the border is enough. Uh, no, Donald Trump is saying there are going to be some deportations. When I'm back in the White House, the very first reconciliation bill I will sign will be for a massive increase in Border Patrol and a colossal increase in the number of ICE deportation officers. There you go. And, of course, uh, there's this nonsense in schools. I will revoke every Biden policy promoting the chemical castration and sexual mutilization of our youth. And ask Congress to send me a bill prohibiting child sexual mutilation in all 50 states. That should be easy. Yeah, and it should be uh, easy, and if you're down with that, if you're down with uh, children tra- changing genders before they're 18, then you're, you should evaluate yourself. I mean, you should see a mental counselor, and you should certainly seek some sort of a clergy, uh, you know, to, to uh, absolve you of this, because honestly, what is wrong with you? I mean, uh, we're going to look back on this. If you haven't already, we're going to look back on this and go, I'm my God in heaven. Uh, what the hell were we thinking? Finally, uh, here's uh, Donald Trump. Uh, rather than taking a whole lot of money from China and creating uh, the Penn Biden Center and other nonsense, and uh, here's what he's going to do to China. And I will implement a four-year plan to phase out all Chinese imports of essential goods and gain total independence from China. We have to do it. We have to do it. I will hold China financially accountable for unleashing the China virus upon the world. There you go. That has got to happen. Joe Biden's been in office for two years. He said he was going to get to the bottom of it. We have two government agencies that say it happened. You do not need a consensus on that. It did happen. And now we should be punishing china for that but of course joe biden has done nothing to uh uh really seriously find the roots of it they're still denying this by the way and uh, and nonsense one other thing i want to mention from cpac i thought uh, matt gates uh, did a nice job at cpac uh here is matt gates talking about what congress is going to do with all of these corrupt agencies including the dhs and the fbi but perhaps The most important concession that we received during that fight was the establishment of a special group of legislators to analyze the weaponization of this government against our people. Seems like every time I turn around, they're engaged in surveillance or list building or monitoring, and I don't care if it takes every second of our time and every ounce of our energy, we either get this government back on our side or we defund and get rid of, abolish the FBI, CDC, ATF. 
DOJ, every last one of them, if they do not come to heal. 100%. 100%. We are being, uh, we've had these agencies weaponized against us. As a motorcycle drives by my house outside, you probably heard that. <laughs> Yeah, it was a it was a, a spectacular speech, uh, followed, of course, by uh, Larry Hogan saying he's not going to run for the president. He's the uh, the failed governor of uh, Maryland. He's a rhino supreme. It was a tough decision, but I've decided that I will not be a candidate for the Republican nomination for president. This is not just a decision about running for president. It's a decision about running against former President Trump, who's as tough on his opponents as anyone I've ever covered. Merciless. Yeah. Well, that didn't really scare me. You're right. It would be a tough race, and he's very tough. But, you know, I beat uh, life-threatening cancer, so having Trump call me names on Twitter didn't didn't really scare me. Yeah, um, I said this uh, weekend on uh, Newsmax that uh, uh, Larry Hogan saying that he's not going to run for president, uh, has a, he had as much realistic uh, chance as me announcing this morning that uh, I've decided at age 57 I'm not going to play Nash, uh, in the NBA. So, yeah, both both had the chance of happening. Me playing in the NBA at six feet one and about 250 and 57 years old and Larry Hogan running for president uh, against anybody. About the same chance. Let's take a break and come back. We'll get to the Chris Rock and the other stuff. Coming up, this is the Rob Carson Show. Here's to a record-setting president. Joe Biden setting record low approval ratings. What the Democrats have put our nation through, it is a sad day. It's the Rob Carson Show. So I was uh, doing some social media this weekend, which I'm debating whether I should just skip altogether because, you know, you kind of like diminishing returns. I've got a few hundred thousand followers, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know if my, my tweets are all that important to anybody. <laughs> but I do like to, I, more than anything, I like to share just lines about things or uh, stories that I find that I, I just think are interesting. And uh, you know, I don't know the, the algorithms and whatnot. I could really give a rat's behind about playing Twitter and everything. I'd hire somebody to do that. But uh, anyway, I did a lot of that this weekend. And uh, one thing that I mentioned this weekend uh, is that, uh, whoa, rock and roll just came to my ear and went away. Did I hear that? Did you hear that too? Eh, I'm just kidding. Um, but anyway, uh, the fact that the Democrat Party are willing to get behind a, an 80-year-old man who is in cognitive decline, knowing that that decline is not going to get better. And if you just step back, it's kind of like, uh, you know, deciding a, a, saying your 12-year-old can become the opposite sex after going through a series of mutilative surgeries and sterilizing them. You know, you, you, step, you step back from it as it's happening and you go, dear God, we've got to stop this. You know, and that's the way it did with Joe Biden running for president. It's patently obvious the man is in a state of decline. And what makes it even worse is that Jill Biden, who wears these, dear God, like couch cushions for dresses, uh, she's completely down with pushing the person that she's supposed to love more than anybody, her life partner, into running for president, even though she literally has to order for him at restaurants, Okay. Uh, it is it is really remarkable and stunning, and you need to just stop and and realize. And if you're a Democrat, go. What the hell are we doing? Because he's not going to get better. So that means that they are making him the candidate, knowing this for a reason, and that is they know he's not the leader. Somebody else is. 
Same goes with uh, John Fetterman. John Fetterman is in the hospital. He had to be hospitalized, institutionalized after having a massive stroke, which even his wife ignored. And if, if your spouse loves you more than anybody till death do us part, you'd say, honey, you know what? You could put off running for Senate. You just had a massive stroke and you can't hear people talk. But he supposedly is uh, uh, authored a letter to the CEO of Norfolk Southern. Even though we haven't heard anything from him, we haven't seen any pictures of him, but he has been institutionalized, supposedly, for depression. We don't even know if he can talk. What in the hell is going on? That said, here's uh, Jill Biden laughing at the idea of her husband getting a cognitive test. Nikki Haley, one of the Republican candidates, is calling for mental competency tests for those politicians over the age of 75. What do you think about that? Ridiculous. Would your husband ever take one of those? I mean, we haven't even discussed. We oh, would never crap. even discuss something like that. You know, everybody else is discussing about it, honestly. This, this is what really is. I mean, you think that she's a sweet lady. You know, she wears these goofy dresses, a pixelated one that looks like 8-bit video games. And, you know, you think she, she just loves the children. Really? Uh, here is uh, an example of why Joe Biden should go undergo a, a cognitive test. And I have a simple proposition here. I'm here to ask you for your help. Where I come from, you don't get far unless you ask. My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. Look me over. You're if you like to see, help out. There, if not, yeah. vote for the other guy. Give me a look, though, okay? That's all I've really got to say to you. I'm about, I got two minutes and 30 seconds left. I'm looking at the clock down here. Because I'm going to be in... What kind of country we're going to be? Mm-hmm. Four more years of George, uh, George, uh, he uh, is going to find ourselves in a position where if uh, Trump gets. Yeah, I think I've uh, made my point. Here's something new for Mr. Jim Gossett. I think you're going to enjoy it. Mr. Joe Biden. You a man, Joe Biden, and he'd lie to you. But China flu plucks for hair, scrambled brain, unsteady stance, falls upstairs to three times now. Skip East Palestine, East Palestine. <laughs> Still hasn't gone. Didn't care if they died. They're just white Trump voters. Mega fascists. Joe allows the Chinese to spy on us. From a balloon. (laughs) His crooked son and Joe, they need to be. Indicted soon. Snorted Parmesan cheese out of the carpet. But he still collects big fees. Selling painting. Hey, Carson, my son's got to make a living some way. Come on, man. Mr. Joe Biden. Whoa. Mr. Joe Biden. 
he's a don. There you go. That is new from Jim Gossett. Just go to Patreon.com. Jim Gossett Comedy if you want to support him. Okay, we will get to Chris Rock next, I promise, and Russell Brand and Bill Maher and Alan and Christopher on the phone. Hold on. This is the Rob Carson Show. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Hey guys, it's Carson. The madness is upon us. Make your march a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online at mybookie.website slash Newsmax. Use the promo code Newsmax to receive a deposit bonus up to 1000 bucks. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance to win big money. If you're the type of person who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at a life-changing amount of money. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and win like MyBookie. Remember, visit MyBookie online at mybookie.website slash Newsmax. Use the promo code Newsmax to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. That's mybookie.website slash Newsmax. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. The Swamp Feasts, while we're expected to dine on the crumbs. To those who strove to deter us from our responsibility, you have failed. Time to send those crumb suckers home. It's the Rob Carson Show. So I decided to check out Chris Rock's uh, stand-up special this weekend. I don't really care about the Will Smith smack, whatever. But I got to tell you, I was blown away. I was blown away by it. Uh, I think he's leaning very libertarian. Uh, You know, there are people on Fox News who are going crazy uh, uh, saying that... uh, that uh, he's he's become a conservative and all of that, and maybe he has, maybe he just grown up a little bit. Here is a little bit, and this 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 is gonna sound a little off, Mike, because we recorded it off a TV speaker. But this is his open, and this is what turned off a lot of libs because he went full anti woke. I'm scared. Everybody full of shit. You know, I'm, I'm in my own neighborhood. The other day, I bumped into my my good friend Fred. Hadn't seen him in years. Hadn't seen him in years. Fred got a new job at AT and T. Okay. So I'm like, hey, Fred, how's the job? And Fred's like, ooh, I love the job. It's a safe space. I feel seen. I feel heard. There's a lot of diversity. And I'm looking at him like, it's me. <laughs> what, you think I'm wearing a wire or something? <laughs> what the f- you talking about safe space? They do. He said, like, we give back. We like to give back. 
We don't even like the money. We just give back. I'm, I'm in the mall the other day. I went by that store. Uh, what's this thing? Uh, Lululemon. 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 I walk by, and in the window of every Lululemon, there's a sign that says, we don't support racism, sexism, discrimination, or hate. And I'm like, who gives a f***? <laughs> You're just selling yoga pants. <laughs> I don't need your yoga pants politics. Hang on, he went off to talk about he'd gladly wear yoga, racist yoga pants if they didn't cost $100 like at Lululemon. And now this is what he said about, uh, about uh, the Will Smith smack. And I'm going to tell you, this was genius. Because he hasn't said anything about it. And, uh, and he last, or uh, well, when he did the show, I watched it Saturday. He said the reason being, the call of what, what some people are saying, the greatest takedown ever, and it was, it was brilliant. And he said that uh, Will Smith didn't smack Chris Rock. Will Smith was reacting from the shame and embarrassment of being in an open marriage with his wife and in an interview on national television where she treated him like a trained dog. And uh, she allowed, he allowed, they allowed her to have an open relationship and sleep with her son's friend. So he's reacting out of sheer uh, shame and embarrassment. And, and here's what he had to say about the punch. And I just thought this was really, really smart. We all been cheated on. Everybody in here been cheated on. None of us have ever been interviewed by the person that cheated on us on television. None of us. Why the f would you do that? She hurt him way more than he hurt me. Okay? Yes. Yes. Okay? And everybody in the world called him a bitch. Yeah. 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 That's, then that's it. He, he hurt, he, she hurt him more than he could ever hurt Chris Rock. And I got to tell you, that was a genius move because he put, he put it on Will Smith. He put it all on Will Smith, and it made him look like a B. It really, really did. Here's uh, Chris Rock on why he didn't retaliate with Will Smith. A lot of people go, Chris, how come you didn't do nothing back that night? Because I got parents. That's why. Because I was raised. Wow. I got parents. Wow. And you know what my parents taught me? What? Don't fight in front of white people. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Finally, one more. This is, uh, this is Chris Rock versus Will Smith. Uh, just the physicality of it. It's pretty funny observation. First of all, I know you can't tell on camera. Will Smith is significantly bigger than me. <laughs> we are not the same size, okay? We are not. It's got this guy, Will Smith does movies with his shirt off. You've never seen me do a movie with my shirt off. If I'm in a movie getting open heart surgery, I got on a sweater. <laughs> Will Smith played Muhammad Ali in a movie. Yeah. You think I auditioned for that part? No. no. He played Muhammad Ali. I played Pookie in New Jack City. Well, there, there's that. Yeah. I played a piece of corn in Pootie Tang. <laughs> Very, very good stuff. Let's go to the phones. we got a bunch of phone calls here. We want to talk about Trump and other stuff. Uh, Alan in Queenstown, Maryland. Alan, how you doing, my friend? What's on your mind today? Hello. Yeah. Hey, Rob, first of all, let me tell you, you really bring it on, brother. i got to tell you that. 
Thank you. Now, to get to Mr. Trump, all them people want to use his playbook, but nobody's going to act it out and really do it. You think they're going to step up and do anything to China or to the deep state? No. No. How many many years did they talk about that wall? Who got it? How how about this? How about this, Alan? How many people went to Washington, D.C. saying they wanted to get rid of Roe v. Wade? Donald Trump did it. How many how many candidates? I mean, I'm talking Reagan. I'm talking the Bushes. How many people said they were going to make Jerusalem? They were going to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Who did it? Got that right. Anybody, any of them other ones going to get in there. I'll tell you what's going to happen. They're going to end up making a deal and that's going to be it. Yeah, they're all posers. uh, Rob, this is like the battle of the balls in Trump's general patent. Yeah, we man. win, they lose. Yeah, you're exactly right, my brother. I appreciate the phone call. Let's God. go to Christopher in Catonsville, Maryland. Christopher, welcome to the show. What's up, my friend? Hey, Rob. Well, I'm kind of getting uh, feeling intellectually bullied here on my uh, election day voting stance, and I got some a uh, uh, little bit of um, what do you call that absurdity to defend myself. And yes. just to say, if I'm running for office, I don't want those things that you call those early votes. I'm not interested in what you think you're going to do on another day. I just want what you think, what you, who you're going to vote for on election day. So my yes. office, my campaign, I would not accept those things. I would count from, you know, election day zero to zero. I don't even know what you guys are early voting or doing with that. You know, I don't consider that. As a voter, I can't project my thing into the future, you know? And if I die, I don't want my vote going against the other candidate because that would be unfair, you know? Yeah, I understand. Now, I and, and, about now listen, I, listen to me. Listen to me. I'm not some sort of sick. I don't have any sort of uh, sycophantic praise for uh, playing the Democrats' game with regard to uh, the vote. Um, but I do think we need to take the gloves off. Uh, right, and I well, think if Donald Trump is willing to say, and if, and if we're going to take on the Democrats in the same fashion, uh, and it, it, I would only do it if Donald Trump were leading the charge, if he were the general. Okay, so I'm just going to tell you that I wasn't completely down with this. I wanted to play by the rules, and then I saw Arizona. But go ahead, my friend. I'd like to hear more from you. Well, the thing is, the rules are the uh, House makes the rules on certifying elections, and they can say Arizona everywhere. And they can, you know, poof, just like that. And you should, you should do it and just say tough like the mask. All right. Thanks for the call, buddy. I do appreciate it. Let's go to Buster in Santa Cruz, the home of KSCO, our glorious affiliate. How are you, my friend? Ah, très bien, mon ami. How do you like them Frenchmen, Rob? I'm not sure what you mean, but go ahead. (laughs) I'm sorry, would you say that again? I didn't get it. I said, I'm not sure what you mean, but go ahead. Oh, they're getting ready to storm the Bastille down. Oh, okay, all right. You're talking about the January 6th prison. What they're, yeah, what they're doing is they're organizing now a big protest is going to happen. I think we can learn something. We need to watch that closely. But what I called about yeah. is I agree with your analysis. Uh, Biden is not in control. You could basically use a, a cardboard uh, cutout uh, yeah. instead. Yeah. He's only the fall man. My question, I have another question. Yeah. Well, my main question, Rob, is who in that, who is running this show? Who's really making the decisions? You know the answer to that, Buster. I want to say Obama. Well, duh. Duh. Do you think? 
Buster, he said two years ago that his dream would be to behind the scenes, uh, basically pulling the springs for a th- in his third term. That's what he said. He'd put somebody in there that he could tell him what to say, and that would be his third term. Dear God, Buster, do you need any more of a hint? You know, I, mean, I think I finally got. I, it's just you know, I don't want to believe it. I think I've known it ever since you, you know we've been talking, oh, but it's so hard to accept that we're so off oh. track here. I know, Buster, but it's obvious. Buster, do you honestly, and does anybody honestly think that Joe Biden, who's never gotten anything wrong in his life, who's a serial liar, BS artist, and not a very smart person, is engineering this massive move to the left, this Maoist revolution, this coming from the guy who was the VP for the man who said he wanted to, quote, fundamentally change America and had a Chairman Mao Christmas or ornament on the White House Christmas tree his first year in office. This comes as a surprise to you, Buster. No, no. No, well, Buster, you're never going to be a private investigator, Buster. You know, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> you know what? I won't quit my day job, Rob. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for the call, Buster. I do appreciate it. I do appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Come on. Dear Lord. I mean, I... I'm going to ask you a question. Would you, if Joe Biden pulled up in front of your house and he said, I want to take your kids to soccer practice 20 miles away, would you put your kids in the car with him driving? And if you say yes, then maybe you might consider having your parents raise your children. I'm just <laughs> just saying. So Bill Maher uh, this weekend, it was uh, he was, uh, I saw, uh, kind of skewing towards the conservative side of the spectrum. And, you know, Bill's kind of making an act like, oh, well, you know what, I haven't changed. I haven't changed. But he has. He has changed. Now, he does some really, uh, you know, he says some things, and, and you know, he sticks to his, uh, uh, his, his ideology, and he's clearly a, uh, a dyed-in-the-wool Democrat um, and, and leans left, but he is uh, also a liberal in the classic sense of the liberal, meaning he'll actually have a conversation with him. Uh, you know, and, and if that, you know, I guess that I'm, guess I'm liberal as far as listening to people, you know, and having a conversation. But I am a conservative in my political beliefs, in my, uh, in my uh, uh, government beliefs, and all of that stuff. But Bill Maher is uh, finally getting it after years of this nonsense going by and happening. While we were screaming, trigger warnings are stupid. They're a way to silence free speech. Where we said that uh, all of this, uh, you know, this uh, uh, campus activity where they say words are weapons and they create fake hate crimes and they run uh, conservatives off of campus so they can't speak and they say that their words are weapons and all this nonsense. I've been following this for 25 years. But Bill Maher is just getting it now. All right, and here's what he had to say about trigger warnings. Trigger warnings, by the way, in case you didn't know, is when you take a college class and they tell you there may be something offensive and you may get upset by it. Now, in a, in a country where the First Amendment exists, that's nonsense. Uh, that you you are able to be uh, it, it, you are able to be uh, offended is a glorious gift. Where you're able to offend someone is a glorious gift to not go to prison for it, although our federal government is working on it. Here is Bill Maher. Now, for those of you who have been living on an offshore oil rig for the last 10 years and don't know what I'm talking about, a trigger warning is a kind of, close your eyes, here comes an ouchie. Yeah. That, like so many bad ideas in recent years, got started on college campuses. Ah, Students ah. started demanding them so they could get ready in case something in a book or a piece of art 
or a history lesson reminded them that life included bad things and not just good. And sometimes people were mean. This is why they, uh, uh, they indoctrinate children to one political view. That way, if anybody tries to be conservative after they've been indoctrinated by the left, then they can do their level best to shut them down with things like trigger warnings. <laughs> you can't have that just sprung on you. <laughs> Several universities in recent years have even compiled lists of words we should be warned about to get rid of altogether, including balls to the wall, no can do. You guys, master, white paper, man in the middle, jip, off the reservation, peanut gallery, insane, and virgin. Virgin? (laughs) We can't say virgin as opposed to what? Person experiencing not getting laid? A little bit more on the free speech front on the other side with uh, Russell Brand going after MSNBC. It's fantastic. Let's take a break and come back. This is the Rob Carson Show. Driving snowflakes and candy aisle kids crazier every day. It's the Rob Carson Show. Coming up next hour, it looks like Anthony Fauci maybe uh, spent your tax dollars to shut up opposition and to keep quiet the the origins of the COVID virus. Lots of evidence on the other side of the uh, top of the hour. Uh, I bring up the uh, the comments this weekend by uh, Bill Maher, Russell Brown, and uh, Chris Rock as a uh, an example as how I, I do believe that we are going to be putting shovels <clears throat> full of dirt on the grave of woke uh, and woke nonsense. I think America's done with it, to be quite honest. And it has been uh, laid very, very, very bare. Um, here is uh, a little bit more from Bill Maher with regard to trigger warnings on campus, which are warnings on books and before speakers, before movies, that somebody might be offended. It's a way of shutting down conservative speech. And again, all the research shows that these trigger warnings don't even work. What they do is reinforce the idea that trauma is central to your identity and that you should let it define you instead of dealing with it, dispatching it, and moving beyond it. Because that makes you a victim. You can play victim. People wonder why the younger generations have so much anxiety. It's this stuff. Lots of stuff makes us uncomfortable. You know what makes me uncomfortable? This bullshit. liberal crowd people who start every conversation with as a person who as a survivor of yes i'm triggered every time i see a trigger warning <laughs> because i'm reminded of how weak my country has become oh it's like wearing a mask on your mind we keep finding wow. out about new health problems kids have from being locked inside for three years exposed only to filtered air during the COVID era turns out that's not healthy wow but you know there is an alternative way of dealing with anxiety. And let me put it in comic book terms so the kids can relate. Okay. Bruce Wayne, you're familiar, was afraid of bats. So what did he do? He became Batman. There you go. There you go. And I told you the victim culture is happening because this generation does not have a war, did not have a civil rights movement, and they create crises. That's why uh, racism suddenly, uh, it's much worse than it ever had been. No, it's not. It's much better than it ever has been. Ridiculous. It's always been ridiculous on the face. Russell Brand went after uh, uh, a uh, uh, MSNBC's uh, John Heileman about the fact that they are a political organization, actually worse than Fox, but, uh, but certainly Fox's opinion journalism 
journalism, Newsmax opinion journalism, uh, MSNBC, bat guano crazy leftist uh, uh, journalism. And here is uh, Russell Brand talking about that. It's disingenuous <laughs> to claim that the biases that are exhibited on Fox News are any different from the biases exhibited on MSNBC. It's yeah. difficult to suggest that's, that's... that these corporations operate as anything other than mouthpieces for their affiliate owners in BlackRock and Vanguard. And, and unless we start to embrace, and then also, mate, like just spiritually, if I may use that word in your great country, we have to take responsibility for our own perspective. I, I've been on that MSNBC, yeah. mate. It was right. propagandist nutcrackery yeah. wow. on there. You, I went on a show called Morning Joe. Yeah. It was absurd the way they carried Good morning, on. Morning Joe. Yes. Yeah, it, I don't it. know what it was. It wasn't morning. There was no one called Joe there. No one could concentrate. They didn't understand the basic tenets of journalism. No one was willing to stick up for genuine American heroes uh, like Edward Snowden. No what? one was willing to talk about Julian Assange and what he suffered trying to bring real journalism to the American people. And I think to sit within the castle of MSNBC throwing rocks oh. at Fox News is ludicrous. My friend. I love it. I absolutely love it. They're starting to get it. Woke is dying on the vine. Uh, and our country can be saved. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's The Rob Carson Show. I have got a bit of good news for you. You want to hear the headline? This from The Blaze. Fired, unvaxxed New York court. Workers must be rehired. All right, given back pay with interest. New York State Public Employment Relations Board ruled that court workers who were fired refusing to get the COVID-19 vaccine must be rehired and given back pay. Now, this is just for the unified court system, and uh, that's the, but it's a good it's good news, and I believe it's the beginning of a a, uh, a domino a domino effect that is going to uh, absolutely expose all of the bull crap that we were subjected to with regard to COVID. It was a massive scandal. I said in February of 2020, and I even, uh, there, was a, there was a study uh, that, I, that I quoted. It said, this will be the biggest scam in the history of mankind. I'll find the article, I'll share it with you. But I said this, and I could tell it because I watched it in real time as it developed. But of course, the government used fear. They used uh, disinformation and misinformation. They, they made up those terms that they brought him back from history from Joseph Stalin's Russia. And they did that to us. And we went along with it and we didn't go to church and we didn't go to concerts remember that year that we didn't go to movies i haven't been to a movie in six years at a movie theater i haven't been to a movie in a movie theater you could not uh, in many cases couldn't even have a, a cookout with your friends in the backyard you couldn't walk your dog without a mask absurd your children were tortured they were out of school uh, many kids uh, be behind uh, academically forever it's over it's over for them so there's going to have to be some payback for all of this and, and firing people for not being vaxxed and firing military members and not giving them their rank and not giving their retirement, all of this nonsense. There will have to be hell to pay. And hopefully that hell is coming very, very soon, despite what Anthony Fauci has to say. And I have a funny feeling he's going to be very apologetic very shortly. Stunning revelations about COVID and a cover-up coming up after this. Unforgivable, those Fauci lies. This is Tim Gossett, by the way. 
denied a leak at the Wuhan lab. Pushed vaccines while Pfizer paid my tab. Never before have actions been more unforgivable. Unforgivable in every way. In every way. No one believes a word I say. A word you say. Nice. The cover up was so predictable. My explanation's contradictable. <laughs> it makes Fauci quite convictable, convictable too. Yeah. You know, it could happen. I hope it does. I really do. I really do. New emails show that Dr. Anthony Fauci commissioned a scientific paper in February 2020 to disprove the Wuhan lab theory. He wanted just proof of the uh, lab, uh, uh, the uh, the virus not coming from the from the lab. He did new new emails uncovered. Didn't care about you know where it came from. What just wanted to push that it didn't come from the lab. So uh, anyway, he he prompted or commissioned and had a final approval on a scientific paper written specifically February 2020 to disprove the theory that the virus came from the lab. Eight weeks later, Fauci stood at the White House press conference alongside President Trump, cited that paper. (laughs) He cited the paper as evidence that the lab leak theory was implausible while pretending it had nothing to do with him and he did not know the authors. He created it. He wrote it. There was a study recently, he told reporters in uh, April of 2020, where a group of highly qualified evolutionary virologists looked at the sequences in bats as they evolved and the mutations that it took to get to the point where it is now is totally inconsistent with a jump of a species from an animal to human. So the paper will be available. I don't have the authors right now, but we can make it available. The paper was called The Proximal Origins of SARS-CoV-2, was sent to Fauci for editing in a draft form before final approval being published in Nature medicine february 17 2020 four days after fauci and his nih boss francis collins held a call with the four authors to discuss the reports that covid19 may have leaked from the lab and may have been intentionally genetically manipulated the house oversight committee published email sunday in which the paper's co-author Kristen anderson admitted fauci prompted him to write the paper with the goal to disprove the lab theory February 12, 2020, Anderson submitted the paper to Nature Medicine with a cover email. There's been a lot of speculation, fear-mongering, and conspiracies put forward in this space. This paper was prompted by Jeremiah Farah, Tony Fauci, and Francis Collins. Farrar was the uh, uh, pr- head of British nonprofit The Wellcome Trust, which has historic ties to the pharmaceutical industry and the Gates Foundation. They were awarded with a plum role of a chief scientist at the WHO. 
Okay. Now, here is uh, Jim Jordan actually talking with Maria Bartiromo to kind of uh, give you a, a more simplified answer to what you were lied to about. January 31st, 10.32 p.m., 2020. So right at the get-go, Dr. Fauci gets an email from Dr. Christian Anderson, which says virus looks engineered, virus not consistent with evolutionary theory. The next day, he gets another email from Dr. Gary. Now, these are doctors he's handed out our tax dollars to over the years. Dr. Gary's email says, I don't know how this happens in nature. It would be easy to do. Do in a lab that same day, February 1st, 2020. Listen. So again, right at the start, that same day, Dr. Fauci organizes a conference call. Him and Dr. Collins get on there with Dr. Gary, Dr. Anderson, all these other virologists. They get on there, and three days later, everybody changes their story. Huh. The same guy who said this would be easy to do in a lab says, "Oh, now you're crazy if you think it came from a lab." Huh. The same guy that says, "I don't know how this that, that this would uh, that this does that looks engineered." Why would they do that? Were they threatened? What? He changes his story, and then the kicker is. Three months later, those same two doctors, Dr. Anderson and Dr. Gary, get a several million dollar grant from Dr. Fauci to continue their research. So the, the fundamental wow. question is, why was Dr. Fauci so consumed <laughs> wow. with making sure the narrative wasn't about the lab? I think it's because they were doing gain-of-function research there. He didn't want that out. And, and that was the narrative that everyone on the left bought into, even though the facts and common sense, maybe most importantly, pointed to the lab leak theory. Wow. So he paid people off. <laughs> right at the very beginning, he paid people off. This is just part of it. And then his agency, along with the CDC and HHS, they're the ones who started disinformation and misinformation and shut down everything. Shut down everything. And the media slavishly went along with it. And big social media, they'd been paid off. So they all towed the party line. They all towed Fauci's line. They all said that there's no other treatment, just a vaccine. Hydroxychloroquine don't work. Uh, uh, ivermectin don't work. None of this works. The only thing that works is our vaccine unbelievable and what's really sick is that so many doctors and so many scientists sold their souls for silence or to endorse a lie unbelievable let's go to eileen real quick in santa cruz home of ksco our uh, great affiliate there hello eileen what's uh, what are your thoughts uh, great uh, uh, yeah thanks for taking my call rob so you said you haven't been to the movie in six years, but your producer said you went to see Top Gun. So did you forget that one? Wait, go see which one? Did you see Top Gun? Yes, but what was the other movie you mentioned? Oh, no, I was mentioning that the movie that's out, that Jesus Revolution movie. Yeah, I, I'm going to go see it, Eileen. It's just I'm really busy, and I do like 14 hours of you know show what? prep for a three-hour show. So You will really appreciate it. I know. It'll, it'll be It'll be very encouraging to you. And uh, it, so you were talking about uh, Fauci, Fauci and, yeah. uh, uh, and this, what they were doing is scripting the narrative, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so, And then then only people who are in, in a, a allegiance with him and an alliance with their word are the scientists. So those are the only true scientists. All these other... Yeah, people have no credibility. People who have been, you know, uh, top in their field for decades, you know, they have no credibility. So anyway, so what we need to do is form a coalition to to hold these people accountable. That's what's not happening is there's no accountability. 
Well, what I would like to see is, uh, and I mentioned it's been trending on Twitter, Nuremberg 2. And and this yeah. isn't just me. This is the, this is a there are a lot of people, and there's going to as more of this comes out. And by the way, uh, I believe the the Senate unanimously passed a bill to declassify all the documents related to COVID. Whether or not Joe Biden decides to veto it, it's a possibility, which would show that he's covering up something. Or if it does yeah. come out, then the people are going to have to pay. Eileen, uh, listen, I got to run. Thanks for the call. I'm going to check out that movie. By the way, it's opening on a hundred more theaters because it did so well. It did so well. Uh, Joe Rogan, number one podcast in the country. This guy's not a, a genius. You know, he's listenable. He likes to talk about a lot of stuff, whatever. Uh, he, he's very influential with a lot of people. Here's what he had to say. Even he got it this weekend. January 31st, 10.32 p.m., 2020. So right at the get-go. And that is not Joe Rogan. Here is this. That's Jim Jordan. This is uh, Joe Rogan. He was the guy that was responsible for giving out grants. So he was the guy that was responsible for s- sending money to thousands of doctors and organizations Collins Gary and Anderson changed their story and he was the head of all that he was the guy that was like the top of the food chain when it came to medical science and the the ability to dispatch a narrative and to put out there put out, put out a narrative and to make sure that everybody was moving in the same direction yeah and the doctors that did not like Marty McCary or Dr. Robert Malone were called crazy or incompetent or banned from social media before they could say a damned word. Do you see why Nuremberg too? Here's a little bit more from Joe Rogan. And this, by the way, is something that Anthony Fauci did with AIDS. They were pushing remdesivir as like being this uh, this treatment for COVID. It's, just, it's not effective. <laughs> it, it kills your kidneys. It's like there's a lot of like negative aspects. Of, what are the side effects of remdesivir? And do they even do they even promote the use of remdesivir anymore? Because I think they stopped doing it. I think it's like AZT yes, with AIDS. Yes, yes. You know, they just stopped. They're like, this is killing people. We gotta stop doing this. But what were you doing that led you to think that people should take AZT, should take a, a, a chemotherapy drug forever as a treatment for HIV? Like two words, cha ching. It happened in 1984, and it happened again during COVID. Unbelievable. I've got more. Oh, I'm just getting started. A little bit more on this. Your calls are welcome at 800-922-6680. This is the Rob Carson Show. If you're looking for a woke take on current events, just go back to sleep because you're not getting it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. David Horowitz got this new book. It's called uh, The Final Battle. Reveals a secret war by the far left and a new woke generation and want to destroy our cultures and freedoms. I mean, it's fairly obvious at this point, right? Well, if you'd like a, a compendium of all of this and a, a great read, you can get David Horowitz's new book called The Final Battle, and you can get it for free. It's normally 28 bucks. If you just go uh, and call 800-NEWSMAX, that's 800-NEWSMAX, you can get a copy, or you can go online to finalbattle611.com. That's finalbattle611.com. Get your free copy uh, today. It's a great book. But, um, you know, I work for Newsmax, and um, this weekend Newsmax carried uh, Trump at CPAC, <clears throat> and, uh, and Fox News carried uh, Trump's speech on their website, I believe. 
We found out last week that uh, Paul Ryan is on the board at Fox News. We know that uh, Rupert Murdoch is anti-Trump and is wanting uh, Fox anchors and the network to move away from Trump. Yesterday, I was in my car, and I listened to Fox the day after the CPAC speech, and I heard nothing about Donald Trump. So this adds to my original theory about uh, about uh, Newsmax being taken off of uh, off of DirecTV, and that is, we know that Nancy Pelosi and two Democrats got in touch with DirecTV and said, "You've got to get rid of OAN, uh, Newsmax, and Fox News. They are disseminators of disinformation." Okay. Now AT and T, by the way, used to own Xander, which is an organization that steers money. Uh, toward uh, different media buying organizations, and Xander was reliably anti-conservative and literally worked with the Global Disinformation Index to blacklist media companies like Newsmax and The Daily Caller and a host of others. And then they sold Xander to Bill Gates. Kind of interesting, isn't it? Kind of interesting. And then there's this, the Global Disinformation Index. And established outlets such as the New York Times and Washington Post uh, have spread disinformation by attacking Senator Tom Cotton for spreading an increasingly credible story that the coronavirus pandemic originated from a virology lab in Wuhan. When you hear the words disinformation and misinformation, please realize that they're covering up the truth. When they say your opinion is disinformation, it means you know the truth. I said this two years ago. In February 2020, 2020, GDI used cotton suggested that the coronavirus pandemic started in China as part of a disinformation campaign. The uh, New York Times wrote, Senator Tom Cotton repeats fringe theory of coronavirus origins. This after, by the way, Anthony Fauci guided a paper, had it published, said he had nothing to do with it, and then ran with the narrative that it didn't come from the Wuhan lab, covering up the evidence that it had while paying off the scientists who originally said it came from a lab. Apparently bought their silence. Uh, the, the Tom Cotton keeps repeating a coronavirus conspiracy that, that's already been debunked by the Nature article that Anthony Fauci wrote. Yeah. The outlet updated its piece later, but still referred to the theory as fringe. Unbelievable. This is uh, Brett Baer. Uh, Brett Baer, um, very disappointed with Brett Baer. Uh, he seems to be, uh, well, selectively a journalist. He uh, uh, helped to throw the 2020 uh, narrative about the election and silence any, uh, any dissent. But here is uh, a little bit of uh, Brett Baer did a piece on Anthony Fauci and uh, paying off scientists to, uh, to, uh, to distract from the fact that, by the way, two government agencies say the coronavirus came from the Wuhan lab where Anthony Fauci had been funding gain-of-function research. More and more we're hearing the story. We are doing a very thorough examination of this horrible situation. That's Trump in 2020. That happened. The next day, April 16th, a frustrated Collins emails Fauci, wondering if there's something NIH can do to help put down this very destructive conspiracy. Col About the... A virus coming from the Wuhan lab. One's email includes a link to our special report and foxnews.com reporting. A day later, Fauci replies, 
quote, I would not do anything about this right now. It is a shiny object that will go away in times. Yeah. A month later, we learned doctors Christian Anderson and Robert Gary are awarded a nearly $9 million research grant from Fauci's agency. Huh. A month after that, Dr. Peter Dezik of EcoHealth Alliance, the group that did the original U.S.-funded experiments with the Chinese at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, received a $7.5 million grant over five years wow. from Dr. Fauci. He used your money to shut people down, to cover up the truth of uh, the Wuhan uh, lab origin. President Biden, a year later, tasks the U.S. intelligence community to probe the COVID origins. They didn't do anything. But its August report was inconclusive, yeah. due in large part to China's unwillingness to assist with the investigation. Nah, you clarified that you thought it was uh, not a weaponized thing from the Chinese, but that it may have been a lab accident. It, it seems more and more pointing that way. Are you confident saying that or, or closer to that? You know, I don't think I have any more new information to be able to tip the balance. That's Francis Collins. Certainly possible that this was somehow understudy in the lab, even though it was not human engineered from scratch. I'm quite confident of that. Uh-huh. Yeah, the big lie. That's the big lie. That is the big lie and perhaps the biggest lie ever told in world history. The COVID lie. More on this coming up. Your call's welcome as well. This is The Rob Carson Show. been waging a war on America for decades. That's not right. It's not fair. And we're quite simply not going to take it anymore. Honestly, it's not fair to the world. It's the Rob Carson Show. Come on. By the way, if you want to check out the podcast of the show, we are on all the digital platforms, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, everywhere, everywhere. Uh, if you want to do uh, the podcast, which is the radio show, by the way, um, you know, because I know you're busy and sometimes you got to you know, step away, got to do some stuff. You know, you can't listen noon to three Eastern Standard Time every single day. So the podcast, just go to Newsmax.com slash listen. I, I saved, uh, I got a folder here of just some of the stuff that I saved over the COVID pandemic because I knew at the very beginning that we were being played. I just knew it. I had a feeling. I, I was working in a car dealership. I met hundreds of people without a mask on. Nobody in my car dealership, 350 people ever got sick. One guy had to go home. Nobody died. My daughter, 2,600 people, students, faculty, staff at her school. Nobody died. I don't know anybody died of COVID. I, you know, it's weird. Not saying people didn't die with COVID. Some died of COVID. But you look at this. Here's, this is from the CDC. And, and even Rachel, uh, uh, not really Rachel Walensky, uh, the Scarfy lady, what the hell her name is. She even said, the CDC government inflated COVID deaths by 1,600% throughout the election of 2020. This is according to a piece by, uh, by Patty Murray. I remember the CDC uh, legally, illegally inflated the COVID fatal tally number by 1,600% as the 2020 presidential uh, election played out, according to a study by the Public Health Initiative of the Institute for Pure and Applied Knowledge. Okay, so there's that. 
Open my folder. Here's some other ones here. The India state of Uttar Pradesh has been declared COVID-free after the government promoted the use of ivermectin. This is from 2021. Ivermectin obliterates 97% of cases in Delhi, India. This is pretty interesting. Oh, oh, the CDC director, Robert Redfield, he said that the CDC, there's a perverse incentive for hospitals to overcount deaths. That came out, this came back up. 2021, I said this. And you know what the perverse incentive was? Getting paid. I'm not even an investigative reporter. I'm just a talk show host and a comedy writer. But it's all going to come out. Here is uh, Anthony Fauci talking about the the, uh, natural origins of the COVID. Eight intelligence agencies participated in a review of the coronavirus mm-hmm. origins. Yeah. Four of those, along with the National Intelligence Council, judge with low confidence that the virus likely originated from natural exposure. We think it's more likely that it was a natural evolution. And you Could still believe that? There are more and more organizations I, that point no, right I, to I, a lab leak. No, no, that's not so, Brad. No, I mean, there are more it people isn't. saying it. It's not both, so at both all. Both here and around the Well, around well, the well world. More, more people saying it doesn't mean there's more evidence of it. There's if you take a group of emails when people are considering and thinking out loud and you stop there and don't look at the weeks of careful examination by those same people that wrote the emails and then say, you know, now that we've looked at it in the published peer review literature, they explain very clearly why they think it's a natural occurrence. Yeah. Well, uh, two government agencies just said that it wasn't natural and you don't need a consensus. One of them was the FBI. Christopher Ray said, oh, yeah, we've known about this for a long time. Kind of like Hunter Biden's laptop, right? That's your FBI for you. A little bit more from this uh, this report with Brett Baer about uh, the origins of COVID being from the lab in Wuhan, China. In January of last year, Fox News obtained internal communications from the National Institutes of Health. Those emails from the earliest days of the crisis yes. revealed NIH head Dr. Anthony Fauci was warned COVID may have leaked from a Chinese government-run lab. Yeah, and then what'd he do? the Wuhan Institute of Virology. January 27th, Fauci is told the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases has been indirectly funding the Wuhan lab through EcoHealth Alliance, a U.S.-based scientific nonprofit that had been working with novel coronaviruses. Your money. January 31st, Dr. Christian Anderson, a noted virologist at the Scripps lab, privately tells Fauci that after discussions with his colleagues, some of COVID-19's features potentially look engineered and, quote, the genome is inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory. Fauci reacts immediately and organizes an all-hands-on-deck conference call with colleagues. He tells the deputy director of the agency, Dr. Hugh Auchincloss, of the urgency. Read this paper as well as the email that I will forward to you now. You will have tasks today that must be done. Sounds like he's trying to put out a fire. Fauci also holds a conference call with a dozen virologists from around the world. Some immunologists were not convinced the virus occurred naturally. Dr. Robert Gary of Tulane University wrote, I really can't think of a plausible natural scenario where you get from the bat virus or one very similar to it to NCOV, 
where you insert exactly four amino acids, 12 nucleotide, that all have to be added at the exact same time to gain this function. That, and you don't change any other amino acid in S2. I just can't figure out how this gets accomplished in nature. Of course, in the lab, it would be easy to generate the perfect 12 base insert that you wanted. By the way, that Robert Gary, he changed his tune. Why did he change his tune? Well, his, uh, his organization got a big old grant. Notes of the meeting also reveal those suspicions of a Wuhan lab leak are suppressed over concerns that public revelations of Chinese government involvement would do, quote, great potential harm to science and international harmony. What about the million people in America who supposedly died of it? Dr. Gary later says a consensus is reached for drafting a report. Quote, one... Don't try to write a paper at all. It's unnecessary. Or two, if you do write it, don't mention a lab origin, as that will just add fuel to the conspiracists. Just four days add fuel to the conspiracists. No, it's it's evidence to prove that it did come from the lab. Days later, five American, British, and Australian researchers who were all on that Fauci conference call authored preliminary findings that abandoned their earlier private beliefs why? that COVID was likely the result of a laboratory leak. And why again did that reversal happen? It's unclear what new evidence prompted such a drastic 180. But private communications show the various drafts of their report are sent to Fauci and Collins for editing and approval. Huh. The records do not reveal if they, in fact, edited the new version. Weeks later, a final version of that report is posted. Again, a total reversal of what those virologists wrote in private emails earlier. March 17th in Nature Medicine. Our analysis clearly shows that COVID is not a laboratory construct or a purposefully manipulated virus. They all got major grants from Fauci in the months uh, afterwards. There you go. There you go. It's amazing. And this is kind of funny. The British government aimed to frighten the general public into obeying the lockdown regime during the COVID pandemic. Yeah, leaked messages from the British press have revealed that the uh, British government aimed to use fear and guilt to force mass compliance with the country's lockdown. Then Secretary Health Secretary Matt Hancock appeared to be at the center of the campaign nicknamed Project Fear by pundits, with then-Prime Minister Boris uh, Johnson also being described as jumping in and out of lockdown fascism throughout the pandemic. According to a report by The Telegraph, the 100,000 leaked WhatsApp messages have shown how those inside Westminster and Whitehall aim to twist data into making the pandemic look more severe, seemingly hoping it would increase voluntary compliance with lockdown rules and even increase support for further restrictions. In December 2020, Hancock discussed how best to replace talk of the Conservative Party's Brexit failings with the media without fear about the pandemic, seemingly suggesting a, a strategic drop of news regarding a new variant of the virus in order to heighten people's fear response. We frighten the pants out of everyone with a new strain, he said in a chat with the Department of Health advisor before going on to ask when exactly the state should deploy the new variant of the virus to maximize impact and best fight off anti-lockdown elements within both the Tory party and Britain's Mail on Sunday newspaper. Mr. Hancock and advisors did not even try to imagine how the tactics uh, they were gleefully discussing to achieve proper behavioral change would affect the most vulnerable in society. Same goes with masks. What did I say about masks? You remember what I said about masks? Why do they exist? To broadcast fear.
That's all they were. They're completely worthless. We just found that out in the last month. Completely worthless. Lancet study just showed. Completely worthless. You know what else is completely worthless for uh, keeping you from getting the virus? The vaccine. Completely worthless. Natural immunity is strong. It always has been. It always is. It has been since before Christ was born. They know natural immunity is the best bet for warding off a virus. And then there's this. Listen to this. This is how insane the world got. The British government reportedly considered killing all pet cats in Britain to stop the spread of the Wuhan virus. Yeah, here is uh, here's the report from Great Britain. Can you imagine if, if the U.S. government said, okay, uh, you've got to kill your pets? That's what they were considering doing there with no scientific data to back it up. There was a moment when we were very unclear about whether domestic pets or not could, could transmit the disease. In fact, there was... This is Lord Bethel. An idea at one moment that we may have to ask the public to exterminate all the cats in Britain. Can you imagine what would have happened if we had wanted to do that? And yet there was, for a moment, a little bit of evidence about that. So that had to be investigated and closed down. There you go. Now, uh, like I said, I, 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 we've, been, uh, we've gone through extensively this because I wanted you to understand some of the nuances and some of the lies you've been told about this. Uh, you know, I, I, I thought it was just too extraordinary to believe, and I followed every second of it, including going to the hospital, the busiest hospital where I live. They, they, the thousands of, uh, of, uh, of uh, patients every month in this massive hospital, Johnson County, Kansas, and I would drive up there after work, never had anybody in the parking lot. Why didn't they use the hospital ships in New York? Why didn't they use the respirators? Why did they shut down any discussion about how to treat COVID? Why couldn't doctors make their own decisions? I can go on and on. And then there's the massive COVID fraud. I mean, billions and billions and billions of dollars stolen, redirected, uh, while businesses were being driven out of business. Like I said, biggest lie in international history. And it's all going to come out. I'm just going to tell you, get ready for it. Get ready for it. 800-922-6680. Much more coming up. This, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. To all the American haters and anthem kneelers. I think it's misguided to protest the anthem and the flag. Yeah, we're done with you. It's The Rob Carson Show. You want to hear a couple of other uh, new uh, lies the government told you? An FBI whistleblower has stepped forward to tell the House Select Committee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government that the agency had him boost domestic terrorism figures by dividing cases into multiple subdivisions. FBI Special Agent Garrett O'Boyle from the Kansas City Field Office told congressional investigators that the agency made him divide a single domestic terrorism case into four cases so the FBI could go to Congress and say, look at all the domestic terrorism we're investigating. Where really I was looking at one case, but the FBI then can say we had four, so we need you to give us more money because look at how big a threat this, uh, this domestic terrorism is. Uh, the FBI created a specific uh, threat tag for pro-lifers. Threat SCOTUS 2022. Amid the leak of the Supreme Court's opinion by Dobbs versus, uh, uh, you know, Jobs, the Dobbs decision. So uh, they, they created a tag after there was a leaked, the leaked decision to go after pro-lifers. Yeah. According to this whistleblower, the threat tag was uh, shifted and began focusing on pro-life 
adherence. When this threat take came out, it was like, why are you focusing on pro-life people? He said during an interview. He said it's pro-choice people who are the ones protesting or otherwise threatening violence in front of Supreme Court justices' homes. He, I, I got to tell you, uh, FBI has to be figuratively blown up and reinvented or just bye-bye. DHS just has to be blown up figuratively. It has to go away. Sorry, DHS employees. You're going to have to do something else for a living because your organization was created corruptly and it has abused its power since its inception. Bye-bye, DHS. Bye-bye, Alejandro Mayorkas. I hope you're impeached and you go to jail for the rest of your rotten, stinking, miserable life. And then there's this. Senator Dan Sullivan, Republican from Arkansas, told an audience at a think tank event on Thursday that the Pentagon denied a request from the 11th Air Force in Alaska to shoot down the Chinese spy balloon before it entered American airspace. Sullivan said at the uh, Hudson Institute that uh, Alaska's units F-22 and F-35 fighter jets had tracked the balloon from far away, requested permission to shoot it down before it entered U.S. airspace on January 28th, but were denied. The 11th Air Force is part of the North American Aerospace, the NORAD. Our Alaska commanders respected permission to shoot it down. We were denied. I'm not sure that's public, but it's a fact. The balloon first entered U.S. airspace over the Aleutian Islands January 28th before going into Canadian airspace, then re-entering U.S. airspace January 31st. Then it just parked itself over our military institution uh, installations, took all sorts of uh, data. Joe Biden and the Democrats just let it fly over the damn country, and then they shot it down as soon as it left American airspace to act like they did something. It's nonsense. It was since the beginning. And anybody who has any intelligence, life experience, common sense, and research knows it. And then they wagged the dog, shooting down a couple of uh, amateur balloon enthusiasts, balloons over the Yukon and Lake Huron, among other places, using very expensive anti-aircraft missiles. I should say air-to-air missiles. Pentagon Press Secretary, Air Force General Brigadier Patrick Ryder told the Financial Times that NORAD Commander Glenn Van Herc had told the 11th Air Force to identify and monitor the high-altitude balloon and determined after they were going to shoot it down, it didn't present an immediate military threat. And by the way, that general said that uh, the discussion uh, came from a higher authority, the NORAD, which would be the President of the United States and his uh, puppeteers. The military didn't shoot it down. They literally saw it take off from China. So it really is uh, pretty remarkable. And then there's the next thing, which is that uh, January 6th, the video's coming out. Uh, might even happen tonight. Might even happen tonight. Uh, they've, uh, of course, made us look like uh, ultra-maga semi-fascists, minister democracy. And uh, from what I am hearing, Miranda Devine says you're going to be struck by how different the reality was inside the building that day compared to the January 6th committee's deceptively edited primetime dramas. And you knew this because they opened the damn building two hours later. There, wasn't a, there was no attack worse than 9-11. Where are the 350 people? Where are the 50, 350 firefighters and police that were crushed to death when the building collapsed like on 9-11? Where were the people jumping from their deaths from the burning capital like they did on 9-11? Are you out of your mind the JSEX committee added audio to silence CCTV footage, inserting screams and other crowd mayhem to make it seem more ominous. This is the next big ball to drop. It's going to drop. 
people are going to pay for this. They're going to pay for this. Um, this is pretty interesting. Uh, uh, Donald Trump uh, recorded his voice and uh, juxtaposed it with the January 6th prisoners who've been held without trial for two years for uh, charges other than insurrection. And it's juxtaposed with their singing. Every night they sang the national anthem at 9 p.m. against the wishes of those in charge. You know the biggest crowd I've ever seen? January 6th. They were there largely to protest a corrupt... Oh, that is not it. Here is the audio. I apologize. This is the prisoners. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. I will be playing the rest of this uh, tomorrow. We're running short on time, and I'll post it on social media. But we will be, we will experience redemption. And uh, those who committed these abuses and usurpations will play, pay. Stick around. That's going to do it for today, guys. God bless you. Have a glorious day. Much more tomorrow. I'll see you then.